The other world is just getting the microphone set up. So I'm gonna have to edit all this out, which is why I can sing. Uh, what's the song? Um, do the wipeout theme song from the video. Well, the <laughs> you can't stop in the middle of the drum solo. <laughs> I was just going to say, I hope you enjoy your peaceful and uneventful train journey, which will be played out in real time over the course of the next four Cray Count Canyon episodes. Okay. There'll be a lot of being silent while your characters are asleep. I'm going to be asleep right now. <laughs> I think, yeah, we ended up all going to sleep. Yeah, and I think I missed out on something I was supposed to do there, but oh well. Oh wait, we, I remember we went the... to sleep, and then we all got woken back up by that kid. Well, by so. a sleeping mother. Yeah, but I was just going to head to sleep anyway, because I wanted to make sure that um, <laughs> vampires were trying to invade my dreams. Yeah, you uh, <laughs> I remember you failed your listening role, which is what you were I, going for. I remember... Oh, so we can start with your dream, Will, then. Uh, oh, so yeah, but you said that I got woken up by sights, even though my eyes were closed, so I'm discounting that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You did pass the uh, spot, spot hidden. Wait, you passed the spot hidden while your eyes were closed? Yeah, that's what you said. You made it up, not me. Hi, what was I thinking? I don't know. Listen, if you've listened to the previous episode just before this one, well, now you know what it's like to be me. Or rather, you know what I say when I do things. And if you heard the last episode and maybe, like, my eyes were closed, then you know what it's like to be me, twisting the truth to my own advantage. <laughs> and if you're listening to the last episode, you'll know that I was not on it. But hello and welcome back to the most fabulous listeners who were listening to me. And if you're listening to this episode, after having listened to the last episode, you'll remember that time I did a flying uppercut. That's pretty sweet. We're going to be trying to replicate that. There was also the time when you tried to do a flying I-5. <laughs> collapsed on the, on the Don't talk about that. <laughs> okay, listeners, you got that we don't talk about that. And if you're listening to this nope. episode at all, then, you know, I remember to edit. So, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, so, me. Don't... Don't talk about it in the comments, which I guess you would be leaving in iTunes or on Will's blog. Yeah, people should leave comments on iTunes, even though the only person that leaves comments on the blog has already left an iTunes comment. But still, people are listening somewhere. That's true. Hey, so, iTunes comment? No, you leave them if you want to. No, Bye. I've demanded it. <laughs> this episode is not going up until you subscribe and re review <laughs> How will they know? If you see six other reviews, they definitely won't be alt accounts of mine. You won't. The listeners aren't going to know there was this requirement of them until this episode goes up. It's a catch for me, too. The rundown of characters from last episode. Steven played Winston Snowsford, a legal 
parallelist who engages in many perfectly legitimate business opportunities in Saskatchewan, Canada. And Adam played his brother, Winston, no, the first one's Winston, William Snowsford, slightly older, probably also a crook. They were both looking for milkshakes. Am I got that right? Yeah. I think it was a mystical milkshake mountain. It was owned yes. by the government, but we were going to they possess. That's why they were crossing the Rockies on the number 40 long Meanwhile, Will was playing Ephraim Van Borden, yep. an heir slash lord who has an oral resemblance to, is it Jack Bauer or Solid Snake? Uh, it's sort of like a Solid Snake and also crossed with Snake from, Snake Plissken from the Escape From movies. Ah, that's it. It's and a mix of those two, but with the sexuality of a much more potent man. Adam's not here, so Stephen will be playing both Winston and William because <laughs> brothers, you know. Uh, but we do have a newcomer, or an old, she's, it's Sam. You know her. <laughs> Hi, Sam. But you're new to the train, except your character's been here the whole time, but we haven't been able to see from her perspective. Uh, yeah, this sounds like the most uh, sane plot we've had in quite a while. Well, so far, I think <laughs> maybe. Like the, in for two hours of very strange things indeed. And let's go. There's a large amount of time when maybe nothing happens in the thing, so I've got to spice that up somehow. I've got a suggestion. What? Uh, which is to make it so this train is the cannon train from the Taylor family episode from way back. Oh my god. So even if the train survives all the things that will happen, it ends with it being lodged in a massive exiled sandwich. Yeah, but then it gets fixed, right? And then we move to Mexico or something. I I think the train gets eaten by some somethings. Something eats the train. They end up in Paris, Texas. Oh yeah, Paris, Texas. That's the one. I always do get mad when podcast people don't remember the things they've previously said, but now I know how it feels. Mm. All I remembered was the egg salad and that we were killing, like, whole countrysides with our massive segment of sandwich. Yeah, basically. (laughs) I think I listened to that episode just the other day. (laughs) He remembers. Yay! Anyway, let's move on, let's move on. (laughs) <laughs> Sam is playing Mary Henderson, who you may remember as the person Ephraim Van Borden, in his air lordy ways, hit on before being hit in the face and falling unconscious. I think that was the chain of events. Uh, she, is a journal- she is a hard-nosed, completely emp- non-empathetic journalist who will get the facts and gives no shits about you or any of your bullshit. And she speaks fluent German, which is nifty, because that's what a lot of the immigrants in the immigrant cars speak. Yeah. Yeah. You can drive for a German accent if you want. I post no bails, or no prohibits. Shall we get this train rolling with with Ephraim's dream? I don't see why not. All right. Ephraim, in your sort of... Blunt alcohol-induced stupor. I don't drink alcohol. At least I, don't <laughs> yes, but it was I think he was drinking a milkshake. 
Yeah, that's damn right I was drinking the milkshake. Like, as milkshakes are cold, so are you. You currently feel very, very cold indeed. What would you like to do? Hang on. Uh, I right, should get my voice straight. Um, it's colder now. It's sort of like being locked inside, like, the freezer of a refrigerator if you were a cat. Is there a way out of here? I've got to find some kind of, uh, a door or, uh... You feel walls very... Right at your elbows. As you feel forward, another wall, icy to the touch, is right at your face, and you hear a sort of descending sort of sound. It's a dream. Is there a, is there a bell that I can ring that will alert the surface? You think you feel something, maybe, but it's so cold that your fingers freeze to it, and the ceiling has touched your head and is pushing down, down. You can feel your bones straining. Well, certainly is quite the pickle. Ah. I suppose. Is there anything that I've got to write on around? Nope. You got, well, one of your hands is incapacitated, and the other one, the other one is just in your pocket, but you can't move because you're being crushed to death. All right. Well, now that that's... Is there a way that I can warm up my hands using, perhaps, naturally occurring heat from a body part? You've just woken up. You're awake. Oh. There's a heater in the car. You can go to it if you want. The standard sleeper car has heaters towards the front. Well, then, yes, I'm uh, definitely going to go warm up my hands. All right. As you go, you can see that most other people are up and moving about, sort of murmuring. And there appears to be a lady that you remember hitting on a little while ago, standing in the middle of the sleeper car, demanding answers. And shall we now switch to one of you other two characters? Who wants to go next? Not we can do me. you both if you want to be in the same room. <laughs> I guess uh, we sure. Can... Sure. Yeah. So good. Well, you are both in Sleeper Car 3, where Ephraim Van Borden has just woken up, and where a German immigrant, a lady in her middle ages, and a young boy, though the young boy speaks some English, the lady none at all, I've just run into the car uh, saying that the lady's infant child has just been kidnapped. Oh, wait, am I here? Yeah, you're still there. <laughs> this is all in the same sleeper car. Yeah, Holman car number three. So what's with the crowd? Who are you asking? Everybody. <laughs> asking the all crowd? Right. Marion Winston and William, you hear from Bellow out into the car. What's with the crowd? Oh, yeah, I guess I'm playing William right now. Uh, I think your be... actions will be acted out by both men, if you like. <laughs> In tandem? Sure. Yes. Okay, both the Snowsport brothers, synchronized style, uh, point out the distraught German woman and the young boy. Yeah, I heard, but I can't understand a goddamn word she's saying. Fine, I will go assist. And uh. So you're gonna talk to the lady? Yeah, German, German, German. German. All right. Well, seeing as I can't do a German accent in any form of respectability, I'll do it. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know the story. Shut so up. Hello, what are you doing 
here today. It is at least more consistent than I can manage. Trade, yes. Also, you're bad. <laughs> you're doing bad things. Would you the like to take you. a look at my Fina schnitzel? No. <laughs> Nine? This is, I'm gonna consider this canon as Ephraim is saying this to himself. To anyone who will listen. I try fear. I think you can easily, I think he's far away enough that you can sort of ignore these high-pitched murmurings though, Mary. (laughs) What the woman tells you is that nobody seems to have seen who took the baby and she didn't really notice the person coming or going. What she noticed was a icy cold touch, a pair of hands that sort of brushed against her, and when she woke up from that, there was no one around, and her baby was gone. All right. First, I'm going to accuse the woman of being a bad mother and let her know that if I was a mother, which I never will be because I don't have the emotional capacity to be one, uh, I'm going, yeah, I would at least watch my baby instead of letting it get kidnapped. But second, I would... Um, then begin to uh, search the rest of the sleeper car for any sign of the baby. Well, the woman seems very, very angry and somewhat confused, but she does agree to let you, well, she says, please come and search the, come and search. I need to find my baby, she says, and the boy comes with you. Uh, Snowsfords, uh, you see this happening. You want to take any action, talk to anybody? Uh, I'm pretty sure that neither of us really have any reason to follow, so maybe continue to hang out in the sleeper car, All see right. what Ephraim's mumbling to himself about. All right, so we'll keep with Mary for the moment. Uh, the German lady and the young boy lead you back through the, through sleeper car number four, through the baggage car, and into the first immigrant car. When you enter it, you see that it is full of people. They have essentially just crammed in as many theoretically plausible sleeping places as possible. And everybody is sort of staying away from one spot, which the German lady identifies as where she had been sleeping with her baby. Uh, you want to search it? Uh, are there people around? Beside, I mean, in that area, there's no one around. Well, they've sort of crowded away as far as they can get. There, okay. you can just ask questions of the crowd in general if you like. Um, what I will say: What's wrong with this car? And then, in a tap to dry humor, I will say: Did someone shit here? And that's what I'm going to ask them. All right. Does How anyone racist? laugh? <laughs> no. Think that's not racist. There's one person in the back who laughs. Very yeah. Sounds a bit drunk. He's not Ephraim. Ephraim's still in the other car. Okay. Everybody um, else is very angry and stony-faced. All right. And I they say there's nothing. They say there's nothing wrong with the car, and also they say that uh, if someone shit in the car, it wasn't them. I suppose. Okay. I will. Hold my nose and roll for a spot hidden. Can I? Assume this means that you're searching the car? Or, like, where the baby is. That general area. 
Oh, that's right. You roll for spot hidden because I rolled a 91, and that prompted me to hope that there was a way that you could succeed. So, um, yeah, I'll roll. do it, and I got a 14. I did better than you. Ah, I, you did better than me acting as you. Mm-hmm. So, the lesson we learn here, listeners, is that direct contact is better than indirect. It never what you find is a scrap of cloth. You show it to the German lady, and she identifies it as part of her baby's blanket. It is frozen solid, and you found it wedged behind. You found it wedged in the jam of the door leading into the immigrant car. The door between the immigrant car and the baggage car. Are there any windows open? Uh, no. Hmm. Okay, I uh, go into the baggage car to look around. But if someone uh, else wants to go, that's Yeah, fine. I was just going to switch back to Ephraim and the Snowsfords. Okay. All right, Ephraim, you're still crouched by the heater. Snowsfords, people are still milling around, looking upset. There's some mention that the guy, the guy that you shot off the roof of the train that uh, it sure seems like someone is causing trouble. People are saying it might still be him. Just sort damn of damn vampires. You're damn right. You know, I heard the only good vampire was a dead vampire. But all vampires are dead, so that doesn't really help anyone. I heard that some vampires are also good. No, you heard wrong. Damn. Every vampire is a son of a bitch. (laughs) Especially that one from that TV show in the future, (laughs) Buffy. You know, the one where you think he's all hot and stuff and he appears all mysterious and whatnot at the beginning, and then it turns out he's evil later. Well, actually, he's kind of so good, but he gets turned evil whenever he's around Buffy because he's the one, he's the one that, she's the one that he really loves and whatnot, that he has to go and start his own spin-off TV show. Anyway. Crazy kid, you're grambling. What are you trying to say? Sometimes I guess this is in the future. The far future. If you want to give me a psychology role, you can try and interpret Ephraim's mad ramblings. Let's see, uh, I guess I'd have a five, and can I make the role twice since I'm two dudes? Yeah! Okay, hey, let's see. Look at that. Uh, 98. That's, uh, <laughs> that's for Winston. All right, Winston <laughs> he, thinks he, he probably understand. believes everything. Winston believes that has future sight. And let's see for, uh, William. Oh, nine. That was close. Oh, uh, nine thinks there is method to his madness. And then, well, I suppose Shakespeare was before even this time, so yeah, that's not future sight. Um, <laughs> to be or not to be. That's... Oh, what? hang on. I Sam, I think... You... On behalf of the listeners? And, and yeah. then we can interpret what, what they're going on about? Um, well, I was going to have to pull something out of my rear, because Will's really just referencing Buffy the Vampire Slayer. In this I know off. we definitely <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, okay, the listeners will... Like, this, is, this is not a pre-planned goof. He's really doing that. <laughs> uh, oh. Um, uh, I'm going to say that he is 
rambling on account of his dream, and that he's very shook up about it. Let me tell you more about my dream. To sleep, perchance to dream. (laughs) You you can't help it. Give me a no roll at this point, Snowsford. Okay, let's see. Uh, 18, and uh, that's for Winston, who has a no of 90. The question whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the arrows. you can't help but notice fortune that, or take arms against the sea. No more and buy a sleeve to say we had the heartache. This game has a two hour limit. Shocks that there to <laughs> okay, I'm gonna <laughs> to be wished to die to but can I punch maybe a slap stream? I'm gonna roll to slap him. Ephraim is drawing a crowd. I rolled a tell what dreams may come when we have jumped up. Uh, you realize when you said I'll tell you more about my father. That makes calamity of so much. I'm gonna hit him around a bit. Mary, you enter the luggage car. There is nothing immediately remarkable about it, mostly just stacks of the passengers' luggage. Some of it looks disturbed. You assume it was during the chase between the Snowsfords and Anthony Burstock, the miner who went crazy. Um. Okay. Not really sure to do here. Let's see. Hmm. Is there a, uh, an uneasy feeling? Can I roll for an uneasy feeling? Oh, uh, sure. That would, I think. <laughs> what would that be? No, let's make it a luck roll. Luck is based on pal. And it's not exactly pal. Oh, I do not pass. No, you're pretty sure that this is just like, that this is in fact a great situation. There's an interesting thing going on. You could get some great facts for your paper. And it's no fun when you just find the baby, like just straight up, you know? There's a baby in the suitcase. It opens up. Maybe just crawled away and froze the rag because it's Superman. <laughs> Maybe. Um. Yeah. All right. Well, since the ra- is the rag talking, the rag's not talking. No, no the food. rag. No, the rag is just staying frozen. There. Uh, mm-hmm. give me a listen roll. Uh, pass. All right, you hear the door that connects sleeper car four to the baggage car open and close. Um, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, someone is someone walks towards your position. Um, you're currently on the immigrant car side of the luggage car. Oh. Stop! I say in multiple languages. Footsteps stop. Halt! Stop! Um, Mrs. Henderson? Is that your name? Hold on, let me check. Miss Henderson. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend. And you I don't see... have enough. Sim- I don't have enough soul to have a husband. So, no emotion. Yeah, I think that's New correct. Character. Okay. Um, you see, you see the tall, gaunt form of Paris Moses 
who you remember from his role in comforting some of the people who were traumatized by Anthony Burstock going crazy in Sleeper Car number number four. And he was also comforting the German lady when she crashed into the sleeper car before you began to mercilessly tear into her. Uh, he asks you what you're doing in the luggage car. I have a question for you, Game Master. Yeah. Is he handsome? Uh, already tried it. Let's see. He's a tall, gaunt fellow with a thin, hoarse voice. His smile is perpetual and very kind. Give me a spot hit. He wasn't smiling when you beat him up, yeah. Give me me three spot hiddens. Pass two. Uh, what order? Uh, pass. Three pertinent facts about him. Past the second and third one, so apparently I missed the first obvious thing about him. Alright. Well, Spot Hiddens, you see that in his right hand, he's got a Bible, and around his neck, he's got a cross. You also see on the hand holding the Bible, I think, are wedding, are wedding rings on the right hand? He's got a wedding ring on. Okay, a wedding ring and a Bible. All right. Uh, what are you doing in the baggage car, sir? I asked you first. I forgot that you asked me first. Um, <laughs> I am in investigating. Oh, about the poor child's disappearance. How do you know about Her- that? That just happened. Well, yes, I was there. She came into the car, and the boy said that a child had been stolen. Was there I any don't- good news? Did you find anything? If I were to share my clues with you, I feel like you would take over my investigation. Use it against me somehow. I don't like don't you. Don't be silly. Don't, oh, I'm, I'm not in any kind of journalism game. I'm a simple preacher. I'm traveling to California. I don't have no. any interest in stealing your mystery. Well, in that case, just go. Go comfort the German immigrants over in the immigrant car. They need your help more than I need yours. Fine, I will. Uh, he passes you and proceeds on to the immigrant car. All right, Snarky let's... for the win. <laughs> uh, let's go back to which Snowspurt is punching Ephraim? Are they doing a sort of Boondock Saints double guns except double punches? Uh. I was just playing as Winston when I slapped at him, so I'll just go with Winston's. All right. Uh, roll me a punch. Okay. The Ferrophilia nymph. <laughs> <laughs> I, right? I rolled a ten. Oh, all right. Uh, but, effort, roll a dodge. <laughs> yes. Say for the record, this or is if you like want a slap to just to get him back to his senses. You can choose uh, not to dodge if you like. I got a ninety-eight. Ephraim, after you get hit, which I suppose I ought to roll damage for. I do have that plus 1d4 damage modifier. That is nice. Alright. What about the slap roll from the first masks game? Can't we reuse that? <laughs> what? 
Do you remember when? Maybe, can I make a second roll to see, to try to not damage him at the last second and just... Yeah, sure, I think that would, that would be a martial arts roll, I think. Okay, I've got 41 of that. Let's see. Nice. Oh, 60, nope. Almost. Oh, martial arts, you don't use martial arts like that, silly. Oh, <laughs> because yeah, martial arts are people are doing extra damage. No, ma- well, also martial arts. Well, yeah, martial arts don't bolster damage for one thing, and okay. also martial arts use it by if you get a kick and you roll your kick roll and your kick roll is underneath your martial arts roll, then it's an automatic martial arts add. Huh. Oh, nice. Well, all right, then give me, I guess, a deck. Well, if you call, if you say that you're going to be using martial arts, and then you, you know what I mean. Right. All right. So give me a dex times four, then, to be dexterous enough to avoid damage again. Okay. Give me a second. Got to bring this calculator back up. Oh, and while he does that, Mary, I forgot. For finding the frozen solid rag, give me a sanity roll. <laughs> um... Okay, I got a 23 under 48 for the dex times four. Ah, good. <laughs> Sanity roll, I fail. All right, you lose one sanity. I have 14 sanity. <laughs> Wait, what? Really? Oh, jeez. Well, because my, I only rolled, I only have a power of three. And oh. only 15. Crazy. Oh, okay. you, wow. Wait, what's the fifth of, what's the fifth of that? A fifth of 14? Yeah, no, a fifth of 15. <laughs> a fifth of what? A 50. Uh, three. three. Yeah. Okay, so then you go um, indefinitely insane? <laughs> or long-term insanity? So, wait. Oh, jeez. I thought fast. you asked for a fifth of 50, right? No, 15. Okay, that's what I thought you asked for. And, but oh. that's not a character. Like, the character's still pretty sane. Well, relatively. So well, you're, at, you're on, you wait, went from you're 15 on... to 14, but then she didn't lose three. Oh, okay, cents, yeah. If you lose, one. if you lose three in a game hour, then you go indefinitely insane. Okay. Huh. But uh, oh wow, I can't. That'll mean close. we finally get a game where somebody goes indefinitely insane. I went I'm from 45 to 41. And, as uh, in, whoa, five it's not. Fifth of mine. It's not like as in permanently insane. It's just that it lasts for months. Hmm. And it's more like a mild insanity, like it'd be specific to the situation. Like you'd get, um, if like a if a werewolf was attacking, then you'd get like, um, you'd be afraid of hairy people permanently. (laughs) Like, you know. Alright. Well, I guess this is a thing. The more you know, you slap Ephraim around, and I'm gonna make a game master call that Ephraim stops quoting Shakespeare. Oh, me, what eyes have love put in my head? No, no, I'm going to take those eyes out of your head. No quoting anything before the 21st century. How's that? We're in 1898 or whatever. There's a limit on your future site. After you slap slap Ephraim, Winston, the bartender from before, the guy who wouldn't give you any milkshakes... He separates you two. Tells you okay, to separate. Can I down. slap him? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Bartender. Hey, you leave that guy alone. I got a thirty-two. Um, All right. Uh, let me roll for dodge for bartender. 
Let's see. Dodge. Okay. Oh, yeah, he's going to have a hard time with this. Didn't make it. Ephraim, do you want to try and intervene? Yeah, I want to try and uh, roll. Uh, well, I want to tell you what I want to do is to break him up, like, and I want to tell him that, like, the real enemy that we've got to be facing here is this vampire. <laughs> All right. I tell you what. Roll me a... Mm, I'll say dex times four, and then roll me a persuasion, and if you make the persuasion, then your breaking them up will be truly magnificent. <laughs> but if not, then you'll just be like, break them out, break, break it out, break it out. Slap both of us. <laughs> you'll get into a real big cat fight. Okay, I've done some pre-rolls. Now let's do the real roll. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get those dice warmed up. Yeah. One, two, three, thirty-nine. That's a pass. Congratulations. <laughs> um, right, that's a pass on my dex times four. Now for what's it for Swerd? Yeah. Okay, I've got to get under fifteen. Hey, you can do it. Okay, turn nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, ninety-eight again. Oh God. All right, your words. Hey, you fuckers. <laughs> the porter gets very angry with you. And he turns instead to the snowsford. And he says that you guys need to stop fighting. Because we might all be in some trouble. We just got to keep calm and wait until we get past the mountains. Wait until daybreak comes. What happens at daybreak? Is it well, that then... movie with the vampires? You're damn right it is. Daybreakers. <laughs> All right, I don't know what you're talking about. But when daybreak comes, people rest a lot easier on the number 40 line. For one thing, if, you, they're not if, you're, if you're napping when daybreak comes, the nightmares stop. Wait, so yeah. I'm not supposed to sleep at night? Is that what you're telling me? It's all some sort of subversive vampire plot. Yeah, you're I mean, damn right. He's trying to turn us into one of them. It's I don't know. I don't vampire. know. I don't know what you guys are talking about with I that. I bet he's got blood back there. That's why he's concerned us in these goddamn strawberry milkshakes. It's Wait, blood. you got a milkshake? You told him about the milkshakes, says the porter. He's putting blood in these milkshakes. <laughs> I don't care what's in the milkshakes. What the hell? What's the awesome vampire on me, too? God damn it. Stop calling me a vampire. I'll stop calling people vampires when you're willing to walk out there in the sun tomorrow. Yeah, I'll do it fine. I'm just saying we need to keep the peace until the sun rises. We run this line a lot. I think people just get a lot more calm when there's sunlight out. And as he as he sort of says that, he actually starts seeming a little bit more calm. So that's nice. Okay, good. So what's the plan, Bark Barkeep? Well, well, really, it's just that I. You don't have a goddamn plan. Look, listen, I'm the man. I keep coming up with plans, and you guys do nothing but shut them down. But you know what? I don't hear anything coming from you guys. So, here's the plan. First of all, we go room by room. We set fire to everybody who looks suspicious. Then, we find a guy. (laughs) Would you... 
like to take a no roll? Goofy? <laughs> to know your own plan? Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna jump in and interrupt him mid-sentence and say, there better be a step in here where I get a milkshake. <sighs> Incidentally, the bartender is just sort of nodding along peaceably to this plan. He seems to think it sounds pretty good. Wait, I've come up with a new plan. Oh, did you make the no roll? Oh, wait, the no roll. It's, it's not a no roll. I got a 15, which coincidentally would have passed my persuade roll. <laughs> so I could have used that a fucking damn side sooner. What you remember is that the man, the someone you're finding, that's, you're probably talking about Hadrian Cook, who was the gambler who went after Anthony Burstock with you in the snows first, but then sort of said he had a sprained ankle and fell back at the last minute. He's also the guy who knocked you out with uh, a wine bottle to the face. Yeah. And he's just, he seems suspiciously like he had friends in high places with that vicar guy. I think he was in on it too. The priest? You remember the guy from yes. earlier? Yeah, there's a priest on board. Yeah, Harris, he's a good man. He is. Well, I was trying to torture that guy, the Adrian Cook guy, and the priest yeah. was like, no way, man. And then I tried to bang his wife, and he was <laughs> like, screw you, guy. And I said, hey, come on, can't a guy have a little bit of fun around here? And then he tried to punch me in the face, and then he did, and also I broke my saber. By the way, do you have a saber? Like, the, conduct the conductors come to tell the bartender to get back to the bar. And, and the conductor was in on it, that. too. What? He was there, too. Both the Snowfords are, at this point, going to shout out, to the bar! Yeah. <laughs> 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 the bar man. Mary Anderson, you are in the luggage compartment, and Paris Moses has just sort of huffily brushed past you, gone into the immigrant car, where you can hear a lot of loud German talkings, sort of demands. They sound demand-like. All right. Hmm. So we still don't know where this baby's at, huh? No, you can look for it in the luggage car if you want. Or there are cars behind the immigrant cars. If you go through them, uh, there's another immigrant car, and then there are seven freight cars where somebody could be hiding and the baby could be there. Okay, um... You know what? I'm going to give myself a pep talk. I'm going to look at the frozen cloth, and I'm going to say to myself, you can do this. You're an award-winning, well-respected travel journalist. All and right. You're uh, going to find blah, 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 blah. Okay, so make me either a persuade or a psychology role. Your choice. Persuade? I'm going to persuade the heck out of myself. Yeah. And I failed. <laughs> I well, failed. All the pep talk leaves you with is that the cloth is sort of hurting your hand because you've been holding it for a while, and it's sort of like just clutching an ice cube. <laughs> okay. What do you want to do? What to do, indeed. Well, all right, I'm going to start opening up uh, luggage. I'm going to search the luggage car. All right, give me some spot hiddens. Like how many? No, just one. I said okay. it plural, but there was nothing 
behind that. All right, I pass them. Okay. After a while of rummaging, you would guess that, oh, it's probably about 12.30 in the morning now. Uh, you come across Anthony Burstock's luggage. Hmm. A sort of extra bag of his. I shiftily look around. Is there a role for shiftily looking around? I think that's spot hidden. Again? How about sneak? Uh, you can do a sneak and a spot hidden, and if you pass both, then you've shiftily looked around. Okay. Okay, I passed the spot hidden, obviously. I have a fantastic spot hidden, everyone, uh, listeners. Yeah, a great spot hidden. Um, but I did not pass the sneak. All right, so when you notice Hadrian Cook sort of crouching behind the thing of luggage, you just sort of stare at him for a second, and he notices you noticing him, and he gets up, and he notices. says, Ah, right, okay, sorry. I, I, oh, well, hello there. <laughs> sorry. Uh, can I help you? Uh, nothing. I was just going for a stroll, you know, seeing oh, if yeah. there are any veritables around, like that first stop fella, you know. Well, it, yes, and uh, I was just looking through my um, my my luggage here. Left some oh. feminine things in my suitcase. Well, now correct me if I'm wrong, but. What you're holding there doesn't really look like uh, like a feminine product. Uh, it's uh, like a partner's bag. Oh, this, um, uh, sir, you shouldn't correct me on what feminine products are or are not, unless you are of the fairer species. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can tell that uh, I'm no lady. I'm pretty sure you've got Anthony Burstock's bag there. That's who that is. That's is, right? Oh, that's not Anthony Burstock's bag. That's my bag. All right, roll me a fast talk. Oh no, <laughs> I fail. No, no, I'd still. Yeah, let me take a look at it then. If you, if it really is your bag, we can clear this up right now. We share this bag, actually. We you share. You Burstock? Not well. But you shared a bag with him. It's a really complicated bag sharing program. Come on, uh, lady, just hand it over and let me take a look. I huh? don't think so. I'm not done looking through uh, my bag. All right, he's trying to take the bag from you. Um. Are you gonna resist? Yeah, I'm gonna punch him. I have a fantastic punch. So are you grap? Are you holding onto the bag, or are you punching him, or are you trying to do both? Um, uh, I have the bag in my left hand. And I right hook him. Okay, so give me rolls for. Hey, Will, would grapple work for holding onto the bag? Uh, is that our strength times five? But yeah, I think a grapple probably would work. All right, so whichever one of those you want for the bag, Sam, you can pick a grapple or a strength times five, um, and then a punch roll. I'm doing grapple because it's a higher threshold and. Pass the grapple, pass the punch. All right, let me I'm roll. Good. Let me roll for Cook's dodge. Nope. You plant one right on Cook's jaw, and he sort of stumbles back, and he says, "Ah, oh, for one, talking about feminine products, 
You seem to, you don't seem to know what being a woman's all about. How dare you punch a man like that? Um, I'm gonna slap him for his insolence. How dare you speak to a woman like that? Alright, give, uh, give me another punch roll. Punch. Yeah. Punch only? Yeah, just that, because I assume you're not, like, trying to refrain from hurting him. No, I'm giving him a shut-your-trap kind of punch. Um, or slap to the face. Um, oh. like, a da- like a one damage kind of thing, not, like, a lot. Um, yeah. yeah, I failed. Oh, he deftly dodges and raises his hand in retaliation. And we're going to go back to Ephraim, and this is... Suspense. You've all arrived at the bar. The barman sort of saunters back behind the bar, and he says, what would you guys like? I'm going to say, here we are again. Yeah, this is definitely the place where we can do the most good. (laughs) (laughs) You guys want something... It's all cool. Cool. Like a milkshake? Yeah, sure. Pulls out the big, the big tub of milkshake mix. Okay, can I make a grapple on the milkshake tub? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, but 46, but I'm gonna assume both brothers are doing it and roll again. <laughs> nope, 79. <laughs> we collide again. Yeah. All right, so the two of you sort of crash into each other and fall to the ground at the stools. The conductor says, oh, just a second. The conductor sort of seems concerned at what's going on. Uh, the bartender just sort of looks at you, and he says, do you want do you want the milkshake mix? Because, like, I don't need it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to say William says, yes, please. There you go. He sort of puts it on the stool. Uh, he puts it on it pretty precariously. It looks like it's wobbling a bit. The conductor comes over and says to the bartender, Chester, are you feeling all right? And the bartender just sort of goes, yeah. Yeah, pretty good. Something seems awfully suspicious here. But I'll I'll ignore say, it. There's no bendy so. straws in this milkshake. No, 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 hang on. Hey, bartender. Yeah? What's up? Not in mind. No, come on. Heart to heart. Let's, let's get real here. Well, I'm just feeling really good, you know? It's like, everything's pretty happy, you know? The, the, the conductor walks over and says, Chester, is everything alright? Sure yes, doesn't sound it. like it. Uh, he's behaving very strangely. Not to criticize good nature, but he seems almost like he's been drugged. Well, I didn't do it. No, I'm sure so you did. Quit your asking. Around us, mouthfuls of milkshake. The snow. Good lord, you're What are you doing down there? <laughs> Milkshakes. Will also say that they didn't do okay, it. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Um, can I use like any? What sort of skill would it be to like remember to see if like when his behavior changed? Uh, no roll. 
Okay. Uh, pass. All right. He it changed uh right around when he was talking to you around the heater about like the dreams that people have on these tra- on this train. Say, uh, bartender, you get a good night's sleep last night, or yeah. rather tonight oh. in the past couple of hours. <laughs> no, I've been I've been asleep. I, I it's, it's all right. I don't even feel tired. It's fine. The conductor says, Chester, uh, may, why don't you take the rest of the night off? Uh, I'll get Joe to man the bar for you. Why don't you take a lie down? Chester just sort of stares at him and goes, no, nah, it's cool. Uh, can I whisper to the conductor then? Yeah, sure. Right, because I'm going to be talking in a molecular voice, but imagine this whispering. Listeners, take heed. <laughs> Alright, go. Uh, hey, uh, conductor guy, uh, you got any guards that we could maybe, uh, bring up here and keep an eye on this guy? Uh, I don't want him turning weird on us like that, uh, that kid that pulled the stump with the bodies back there. Well, I know that, uh, the preacher, Moses, he's got, uh, he's got a gun that he could, he could keep watch if he wants to, and I think that sort of smarmy man, Hadrian Cook, I think he's got a weapon on him as well. I've got. I don't trust uh, either of those guys. They listen outwards from their position on the floor. Win- uh, yeah, Winston's gonna pull up his rifle, and uh, William's gonna draw both his revolvers. All right, give me kind of a, give me a luck roll. <laughs> Oops. Let's see. Uh, hey, pass. 25 of my oh, oh, you definitely avoid getting milkshake all over your guns. <laughs> they, are, they are still clean. Okay, even though the rifle is still clean, I'm going to use the butt of it as a spoon. <laughs> like the stock. As a spoon? Just dip it in there. <laughs> Pull up my face. All right. That off. Give me a... Are you, are you trying to be circumspect about this? No, I'm just doing it casually, like this is right. every day for then the snow Joe, sports. Then Joe, the little boy who sells like salted peanuts and stuff on the train, can walk, he's gonna look at you sort of from his place, just talking with other passengers. He said, "Look at that! Look at those two guys! They're eating milkshakes with their guns!" <laughs> and the conductor's gonna look down and go, "Good, good God, boys! What are you doing?" Um, okay, at this point, I think the Snows Fords are going to grab the tub with milkshake and make a run for their sleeping car. Hey, hey, come back here. I need you to keep watching this guy. I thought that was the whole goddamn plan. Are you going okay. to keep going? We'll, we'll return for now. You're going back to the bar? Yeah. Oh, okay. We'll sit down and ask for some spoons now and just kind of put our guns away. Okay. The conductor says, well, if you've t- you've to have finished being insane for a second, then, yes, it would be nice if you could keep an eye on Chester and Joe. Joe, he motions to the little boy. He says, Joe, would you mind taking over? Oh, well, I suppose... Well, look, just keep an eye on the bar for a while, and you boys keep an eye on Joe. 
Oh, I'm going to get in a lot of trouble if people hear about this. Oh, well. We'll, we'll invite Joe up onto a stool, just kind of pat it and motion to the... Joe gets up on the stool. Milkshake trough. Yeah, he asks for some of your milkshakes. Slide it towards him slightly. Oh, <laughs> and one of the revolvers to use as a spoon. Um, Joe decides to use a regular spoon. Okay, I guess that would be William handing it to him, just kind of shrugs and goes back to eating. Joe says, oh, it's been pretty crazy what's been going on, huh? We'll just kind of nod and pack away the milkshake. You know what I heard? He says, he says I heard it's like some sort of Indian god or something. We'll uh, shake our hands and say no, vampires. Pretty sure it's vampires. Yeah, I heard it, I heard it was vampires for a pretty reliable source. <laughs> I heard it from this guy. I, I got the straight. I got the straight talk here. There's this Indian god of like mountains and winter and stuff, and he's said to be locked away in one of these mountains, and that any time you get close. You get nightmares of being cold and trapped. And then one day, when lightning strikes the mountains, he's going to come out, and he's going to eat us all! Okay, uh, the snowsports are going to perk up at this, and Winston's going to ask Joe, You mean cold and mountains? Have you heard anything about milkshakes? To do and with we're this going to Indian switch God. back to Mary Henderson on that. Oh, no, we finally had a lead. <laughs> 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 All right, Mary Henderson, you're, uh, well, let me roll for, what's his name, for Hadrian Cook's, uh, I suppose this isn't exactly domestic abuse since you guys aren't married. Just abuse. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, he's... Still he's, violent. Yeah. It's not like... Yeah. No, it's okay, though. He totally misses. Bangs his hand on a, on a luggage. Well, I suppose that doesn't make it okay, but he doesn't hit you. Time out. Time out. Dear listeners, we do not advocate for any particular definition of marriage, but as someone who's living in North Carolina right now... Um, Domestic violence is not just between married people, but, you know, people who are in a relationship. Well, it doesn't apply in this case. We're not making a statement on what does uh, and does not constitute as domestic violence. That's true. Don't use us in court. Don't forget that 50% of uh, domestic violence abuse cases are performed by women. It's true. It's about an even spread each way. So don't don't use this as a fact to reference in court, but no, feel free it, it, to reference us on your local basketball court. <laughs> We've got to get in on the viral marketing, get the listeners for promoting us, right? <laughs> yeah, you should listen to Cthulhu on parade. You should find domestic violence for me. Just show Did up in court know one day. Did you committed by women? <laughs> so yeah, Cthulhu on parade, that's my jam. Okay, and then shoot some dunks. A touchdown. This is the most awful thing. <laughs> These dunks are so sick, you lose two sand points. 
Roll for sweet air. <laughs> I don't make it. You, you've upped your sweet air skill so high, you're a master of sweet air. You gave 50 sanity. Oh, Barry, what are you going to do about this guy? He's got, he's still got his hands on the miner's bag that you want. The one that belonged to Anthony Burstock. And he just tried to get it. Yeah, yeah. You're, yeah? you're still, like, doing a tug of war for it. You can oh. give a big, mighty tug if you want. Try and get it away from him. Or you can try and talk him down or try and hit uh, him with something. I, uh, I'll bargain. I've got a good bargaining skill. All right, make an offer. Um, I'll give you... I will show you my ankle. No sock. If you give me this bag. Well, um, I don't remember the voice I was doing for. Oh yeah, that that's right. Are you are you making fun of me, ma'am? No, I'm just. I think that you don't need this suitcase. You're not acting like you want it very much. Well, let me just... Well, you know, there might be something interesting inside. Something that, you know, prominent man with interests such as myself might be able to make use of. I have an interesting proposition for you. I have an uncle named Barker, and he will give you... He will pay you. I will write him and have him pay you. Money to not look in this bag. What is that amount? Oh, I'd say $200. I can do that. I will put that in writing as soon as you give me this bag. You write it out first. Then I give you the bag. But see, I'm holding it with my hands, and I need my hands to write with. Well, then let go of it. You let go. No. I'll let go of it once you give me a signed statement that you will be paying me for this bag. Scouts on. If there are scouts. Tell you what. If you promise not to look in the bag and you just, you can hold on to it with me. I'll hold on to it too. We'll hold on to it together. But and not look in the bag. What? We'll just, I'll continue my investigation, but you have to tag along, since you'll be holding the bag. I think I'll just take the bag, if I don't that's think the case. you should. No, well, Clearly, this has something you want in it, which makes me uneasy. All right. Look, are you going to sign that paper, or am I just going to take this? Fine. So I'm holding the bag with one hand, and I'll awkwardly take out a pen and paper. Okay. I write yeah. the letter. All right. Is it a legit letter? Like, do you actually have a relative who could who will pay this? Yes. All right. All right. Well, Anything can happen. He takes the letter from you and he says, "Well, pleasure doing business with you." Well, pleasure's no. all mine. He sort of he sort of stops what he was saying and starts staring into space. <gasps> I hate to ask because I don't care, but sir, are you all right? Yeah, no, I'm. Yeah, I'm okay. I don't. 
need anything anymore. Hey, that's probably unrelated. <laughs> Alright, well I leave because he doesn't need anything, so. Are you gonna take the bag? I'm taking the bag and I'm going back into uh, the give me a bag. give me a luck roll. For what? For advancing the plot. You are, I am thinking a lot of naughty words that some of our <laughs> listeners are too young to hear. I fail because listeners, I have a really low luck. All right, then Burstock just sort of lets go of the bag without protest, and he just sort of stands in the luggage car. And as you leave, he's just sort of looking at the note and kind of lets it fall from his hands and watches it fall to the ground. All right, your did you go to the immigrant car or the sleeper car? Uh, back to the immigrant car. All right. You see Paris Moses there. He is comforting people, especially the mother. He doesn't speak much German, as is very apparent from his attempts. And he notices you come in. He says, uh, Oh, uh, Mrs. Henderson, I know we got off on the wrong foot, but I could... I heard you speaking German earlier, and I very much could use a translator. Not now. I'm going to be looking in this bag for clues to the missing baby. You know what would cure that woman's crying for her baby? Actually finding the baby. Well, what what bag is that? It's feminine products. Leave me alone. So, I'm going to look through the bag now. Alright. Uh, yes, you find a large statue. It seems to be of a man uh sort of crushed under what seems to be a depiction of a mountain. He is in the fetal position. Uh, he appears to be asleep underneath it. Underneath the mountain? Yeah. What's the materials? Uh, it looks to be made... Well, uh, roll me... Would that be a geology roll? Or maybe just an art roll or something? I have a natural history. Mm, that would let you tell, like, what kind of thing it is. But I think if you want to know what it's made of, be a geology. All right, listeners, I got a one threshold on this. I'm betting 90% of the people who play this game have a one in geology. Nobody wants to know about rocks! <laughs> um fail. Well, it sort of looks like stone. It looks a bit odd. You can't really tell much about it. Do you, do you want to make the natural history roll? Mm. If it'll tell me something, sure. Alright. Pass! Tells you nothing! No, I'm kidding. You son of a bit. I mean, sorry, listeners! <laughs> sorry! Uh, you recognize uh, some of the markings as being from other carvings and artifacts uh, left from tribes of Indians that were based in this area. Although this co this carving is a bit more like dark and kind of nasty looking than anything you've seen of theirs so far, but it's definitely the same kind of the same kind of work. Uh, give now that you've examined it more closely, give me a sand roll. 
I pass. All right. You don't lose any sanity. Uh, you notice it feels noticeably cool, though. Just like the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we're going to... No, I'll, I'll, we'll stick with this for a little bit. All right. Uh, what would you like to do now that you've found this statue? Does the statue do anything when I bring it back to the car of no baby? Is the uh, statue willing to sacrifice for your love? It's Why neither. would I ask that? Because it's cold as ice. Heyo! <laughs> and though it doesn't seem to do anything strange, although some of the immigrants do sort of shy away from it. Um, okay. What if I shake it in front of their face? They sort of quail and go back, and Paris Moses grabs your arm to stop you from doing it, but not before one of the immigrants murmurs, Rononoic! In fear. Say that and spell that and tell me your source, man. Alright, he spells it in English. It would... <laughs> It would be spelled R-O-N-O-N-A-T-H-A. Rononoth. R-O-N-O-A-T-H. Did I get that right? Yes. It says he is the, he is the god of cold. He's the god of the night. He's a very bad god. Yeah, god of the night doesn't sound exactly benevolent. Um... Uh, the immigrant asks you where you got the statue. The suitcase over there. And, alright, when you say that, are you gonna tell them it's Burstock's suitcase? Not, not readily. I'll let him see if he says it. Well, he knows yeah. I see. Some people start murmuring that it was probably Burstock who had it, since Burstock was evil. Oh. Maybe Burstock's the god of the night. Mystery solved. Let's go home. Um. Really? I hope that's not it. That's too easy. <laughs> um. Why the snow spurts are god killers. Uh, but then there wouldn't be a missing baby. So, because he died before the baby got snatched. But, anyway, um, let's see. What's the immigrant's name? Uh, the immigrant gives you his name, um, it's Christian. Okay. Alright, Christian. You're gonna help me find out where this baby is. Christian... Shakes his head vehemently, and he doesn't move. No, 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 you don't have a choice. You're give coming me with me. Give me a persuade roll. Ow. Uh. I fail. Christian and the other immigrants are going anywhere with you, especially when you've got that statue. <sighs> okay, uh... Shoot, I don't know. Um, I'm going to go... All right, I'll take the statue, and I'm going to go to the sleeper car. All right. I'm going to head that way. 
Alright, while you head that way, uh, it, some time has passed, I think, up at the bar, while Joe has been telling you guys stories about Indians, and things like that, lots of interesting, colorful stories, all wild fancy, the young boy's imagination, and he tells you, he tells you these stories, he tells you about a father and son pair, they are both demons of the plains they were both trapped underground and it was said that if one if they both woke up then they could make all the animals stampede and everyone would be crushed and you know end of the world basically and he tells you about a story about an ancient god of the cold who was sealed away in a mountain and who withers crops and brings terror to the people around him when it's winter and nighttime has fallen. Not really the end of the world. I mean, if he were to get out, it'd probably be bad, but he's mostly just cranky. And he tells you about stories of Indian cults that would capture travelers and sacrifice them and make sort of statues during, and make statues to sort of celebrate the practice that were found in give people strange feelings and cold to the touch. You know, end of the world, basically. So would you like to ask him more about any of these stories? It's about, oh, three in the morning, I'm going to say. You're very tired. Hmm. Well, I'm not as tired because I've had to sleep. Anyway, uh, none of this really seems all that relevant. I've got two questions, one for the bartender <laughs> and one for Joe. Are you coming back from a nap? No, 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 I've, uh, no, I had to sleep earlier. Yeah, well, it was only for, like, half an hour. Yeah, but it's still more than these guys. That's <laughs> true. And we were right. running on top of the train, so. Alright, what did, uh, who did you want to ask, and what did you want to ask them? Uh, bartender, I want to ask him, uh, if he's heard anything about any sort of Indian gods or whatever, or in any of these Indian stories... If he's heard tell of yeah. any of those before, and if there are any Indian like guys on the train, and Joe, <laughs> oh yeah, I get back into a voice. Uh, well, the, all you can get out of the bartender out of Chester is sort of a yeah, Indians, yeah, is Indian dream gods, yeah, waking up. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be great. Ah, <sighs> well that. Yeah, it sure sounds like a blast. It's gonna be so good. And he yeah. just sort of says that whenever you ask him things. Joe, do you like gladiator movies? <laughs> What's a movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what? Right on. <laughs> Now, uh, I guess I better go and find some, uh, Indian guys. I'll see you guys later. Okay. I'm gonna walk out, I'm gonna walk out and I'm gonna go try and find some Indian guys. Okay, All right. Well, that's happening. I guess, uh, Winston is going to be asking Chester, was it, the bartender, for more milkshake if he has any. Once we hit it all. And, uh, Bill, William, is gonna ask Joe for some peanuts. All right, uh, Chester, earlier, right? Chester doesn't really seem to be hearing you very well anymore. When you ask about milkshakes, he just sort of nods vacantly and doesn't move. 
Uh, give me okay. a give me a spot hidden. Let's see. Uh, Thirty-seven. That's a pass. You notice that there are quite a few other people in the car, maybe like four or five, who seem to be just sort of standing around, too, kind of smiling into the air. And the people around them are sort of shaking them, shouting at them, and nothing's happening. Well, okay. I'm glad I just got out of that. I was going to say, both the snowboards are going to be considerably spooked. Uh, yeah, I guess, uh, yeah. What what would it be to carry Not Charles? Sandal, yes. We're going to bring Charles with him, oh, with us, way, slung uh, between the snow sports. With the... Is that his name? I keep forgetting. Ephraim Van Yes, Boy. I got it. It's that name from that movie about a town in Colorado. He was a piano prodigy. What? Ephraim makes <laughs> that. See how you like it, having these reference. It's from Dragonwish, you dick. <laughs> no, it's not. Yes, uh, it is. I took the first name of one character and the last name of another character. Spot hidden. By the way, I failed that sanity roll. I didn't actually ask for it, oh. but if you want, you can take off. No. Make him get rid of sanity. All right, you lose a point of sand. I'm going to say it's a combination of the freakish behavior of the people and wicked milkshake headache. <laughs> that means Winston's lost Ter- five, which is... Terrifying brain freeze. <laughs> okay. Uh, Ephraim, did you make this? Did you make the spot hidden? Uh, yeah, that's a pass. All right. Uh, you notice that there are quite a few people as you make your way to sleeper car three, which is where your stuff is. Uh, and I assume you're sort of going in that direction. You notice that there are quite a few people who are behaving just like the bartender. Um, they tend to be essentially in their compartment with their companions, sort of trying to get a response out of them. Uh, but a few of them are on their own, just sort of staring at the windows, humming. Uh, wait, wait, is this three? Uh, yeah, if you want to, if you want to head to sleeper car three, sure. You can go for one or two as well. Uh, yeah, well, I'll be going through those, but I'm going to go to my own cabin and I'm going to get, uh, I've got my bow with me already, right? I'm going to say no, but you can pick it up now that you're in three. Okay, I'll pick up my bow, and I'll pick up a replacement saber for the one that's been cut in half. <laughs> that's right. It got broken on a fixture. Uh, Snowsfords, were you going to... Oh, you were going to pick up Chester? Yeah, we were going to pick up That'd Chester, and then using him as a sling, place the tub of milkshake on his stomach. All right. follow up. I'm going to make this a dex times two that you get to try twice because there are two of you. Not okay. that strength. Strength. I have to pass a 22. What's a... Well, I guess we don't have that. Never mind. Oh, 96. Oh, eight. Right. <laughs> Wait, what? 96 for the first, but 8 for the second. So. Okay, so... Uh, Winston, Winston carries none of the weight, and Bill's doing all the work. <laughs> Winston, but... <laughs> George is sort of spinning Jester on your fingers. Winston <laughs> is just keeping the milkshake tub upside down on his head. Because it's, it's clearly empty. You've eaten all of it. Okay. And uh, I guess we'll wave at Joe to follow along and jog out after Ephraim. Joe sort of looks around the car at all the people who are incredibly too busy to drink. And then he says, 
yeah, all right, whatever, and comes after you. Uh, meanwhile, Mary, uh, yep. you were going back into the sleeper cars? Uh, yes, I was. I okay. think about that, yes. Uh, did you want to go to where your things are, which I suppose is four, or did you want... No, it's in three. Or did you want to stay in four, or go up to, like, the dining or smoker cars or something? Right now, I'm just going through the car, seeing if I get any reaction while holding oh. the statue. Either from the statue or from other people. Hmm. Let me see who's around you right now. See, Paris Moses is back in the immigrant car. Adrian Cook just left. You pass Adrian Cook. He is sort of... Uh, oh, no, that's right. He's spacing out in the luggage car. I forgot my own choices. Yeah. You pass uh, a number of people who are behaving like Adrian Cook was. Sort of staring in his face. Uh, Is everyone yeah. like that? Not everyone. Not even most of everybody. Maybe like a, like a sixth. Um, shoot, I'll just keep walking towards... Alright, well, you find yourself in Sleeper Car 3, okay. where the Snowsfords and Ephraim are. And Snowsfords and Ephraim, you see Mary Henderson coming in with a big old statue. Uh, Ephraim, give me a... Well, Ephraim, you have a very bad feeling about the statue. Give me a no roll. Puss. Uh, you remember it from your dream, or at least it seems connected somehow. It feels like the mountain is the same thing that was crushing you in your dream. I have a strange affinity for that artifact. I require it immediately. Yeah, that's how Ephraim rules. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say, Winston at this point asks, why is it valuable? Does it have some sort of anti-vampire powers? I'm afraid I've changed my stance on the whole vampire issue. <laughs> <laughs> Both the snow parts are going to be visibly taken aback. Possibly let a little gasp. Drop Charles to the floor, Chester to the floor to put a hand over his mouth. <laughs> I believe that Far from being the main culprit, the vampires must be working in conjunction with some kind of dark god from either India as in from Asia or India as in Native Americans. I can't really tell because we're kind of racist, so. <laughs> okay, um. At this point, Joe, the little, the little salesman boy, uh, he sees the statue in Mary's hands and he says, hey, yeah. Yeah, that's like that's one of those things about like the god of the mountain and stuff. The, okay. the god of night. That's one of those. Where'd you get that, lady? Ah, who let this gypsy boy in here? <laughs> I'm not a gypsy boy. I'm the trained butch. I sell salted peanuts and soda water. All right. What do you know else about this statue? You have the oh. baby, don't you? 
No, no, I was up in the smoke car the whole time. Hey, the, the statues of the, like an Indian god or something. He's uh, like, uh, he's like the god of winter or winter nights or something, and he's like supposed to be hidden in a mountain and stuff. Where, where'd you get the statue? None of your business where I got the statue. Aren't children supposed to be seen and not heard? Wait a minute. He says, did you pick that up out of that crazy guy's luggage? What, what did I catch huh? But what? yes, I did. I think, what did, what did I just say? But it was... Alright, let me, let me make a sanity right. roll for Joe. <laughs> Which seems like probably not a thing I should be doing, and yet. I was gonna say that he says he's the train butch, but sooner or later he's gonna be the train bitch. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> anyway, he super fails his sand roll, and he gets real quiet. And, uh, sits down. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say the Winston, or the Snowsford brothers look at each other, and look at the statue, and look at the furnace in the corner, and begin to hatch a plan. (laughs) So, I'm gonna have Winston make a running grab. Oh, alright. <laughs> At the statue. Um. Alright, give me a second to figure out how this will work. Alright, um, can I draw my bow and train it on him? Do I have enough time to do that? I've got a dex of 11. Alright, uh. As. You know, uh. Alright, I got it figured out how okay. these madcap shenanigans are going to play out. <laughs> and while that's happening, well Bill's running over to the furnace and throwing the door open. Okay, that's fine. I don't think he needs... Uh... Alright, so he'll okay. roll. A, he'll have a dex times... A dex times five roll for that. You're going to do a running grab for the statue? Yes. Okay, give me a dex times... A running grab... Uh... Give me a spot hidden, Mary. Um, okay, spot hidden. Pass! Alright, so you see Winston coming. He's making a run and grab for the statue. Are you going to try and keep it? That's a spot hidden? Um, Alright. Uh, yeah, I'm going to try and keep it. And yeah, a lot of this stuff seems to be spot hidden because it's just noticing things. <laughs> I guess. So, like, I feel like I would notice <laughs> someone running at me. Hey, he's Winston Snowsford. He's the captain of track, probably. And you were talking to Joe? Yeah. Look, alright, uh, so give me a dex times three, Winston. Okay. How do I make this? Uh, 13, yeah, I do. Okay. So, you have got your hands on that statue, and... Oh, Mary, what's your strength? Hmm, uh, probably not a lot. Three? That, yeah, I think you guys are going to... It's a three? Alright, I don't think you've got a chance then. <laughs> uh, Winston's got a statue. 
you can try and like grapple him if you want, but he is running for the furnace, which did um, William pass the dex roll for the furnace? Oh yeah, that was a times five. I think we might need to go into a combat round pretty soon. Uh, Ephraim, what were you doing? Yeah, he passes the times five. I was going to oh. draw my bow and aim it at whoever was trying to throw it into the furnace. Uh-oh. I All was right. hoping I could throw it to Bill and alley-oop it into the furnace. <laughs> but... No offense! Okay, so, I'm going gra- to say that grabbing the statue was an, a hostile act, not to mention drawing the bow and aiming it. So, all right, we're starting with Will, and then what's everybody's dex? Mary's is six. Um, well, I have uh, Winston's is 12. So we're going to say that's 12 for both Winston and William. What about you, Uh My dex is 11. Okay, so after Ephraim goes, then Mary will, and then Winston, and then William. So, all right, Ephraim, you've got your bow out. And you see William holding open the door of the furnace. What do you want to do? We're going to shoot. Are going to shoot, Will? I'm trying to destroy the evil god statue. I don't see... <laughs> I just uh, wanted okay. to alley-oop it into the furnace, but... Okay. <laughs> okay, gonna, yeah, going to blow up the heat, blow up the statue in, like, the heater in the corner. Like, oh. Yeah. Solid yeah. plan. Solid plan. This uh, was never but... part of the plan. Ephraim <laughs> <laughs> is... Alright, roll for shooting Will. Oh, Are, do you that's... have any place you're specifically aiming? Uh, I guess for, like, his hand. Alright. Uh, so, give me... Well, I guess how much... How much damage does a bow and arrow do? I think it's 1d8. Yeah. Plus... Uh, damage bonus. So that's 1d8 plus 1d4. Alright. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to get Adam's character shot, but oh, whoops. Nah. I don't, I don't think even know. As long as you <laughs> let Adam's character shoot someone, I think you'll be fine. That's been his... You remember, that's sort of his hang-up. That's he, true. He keeps playing dangerously unstable and violent characters and he never gets to kill anybody. Yeah, that's true. I picked off uh, Adrian from the roof. Yeah, you did. Even uh, then, still. Oh. <laughs> All right, so 1d8 okay. plus 1d4 then. Uh, do you want me to roll it? No, I get it. Thanks, so. Okay, can I make a dodge roll with that? or? That's five damage. What does that bring William down to? I don't know. I don't know what he was at. I can call, I'll say that you guys had like pretty much full health. Oh, I think uh, Winston was at eight. I got shot oh. in the side earlier, which I just remembered. Oh yeah. But, but William's fine. That doesn't slow me down. Okay. <laughs> when I got slapped earlier, that didn't hurt, right? Yeah. No, no. I stopped it. Yeah. Okay, good, because I've got three hit points left. <laughs> <laughs> you were, you were just just barely drawing that arrow back. <laughs> On his last wind. Second wind. Whichever. <laughs> I said you don't touch that statue. Or maybe I didn't say it, but I thought it. <laughs> okay. Alright, so uh, William's hand is currently... 
I'm going to say, well, you can't pin it to metal with an arrow, but <laughs> it's definitely, like, impaled with the arrow, and William has let go of the door of the furnace, sort of involuntarily. But you can decide whether or not he's shrieking or not. Oh. Um, I'm going to think he holds it in and just makes eye contact with Ephraim. <laughs> An angry glare, as if to say, Sir, this is your arrow. <laughs> and he's going to say, That was my dunking hand. <laughs> All right. Uh, Mary, it's your go. Ephraim has just shot one of the snow spurs. Um, I'm going... The statue's still in my hand, right? <laughs> no, it's in no, Winston's. No, but it's standing right beside Winston, you. So. Winston made a running snatch. He, okay. He snagged it. Um... You know what? I'm just gonna watch this unfold. No. I have no... Okay, rationale, listeners. I know you're thinking, like, what? What is she doing? But, all right. See, I don't have any personal stake in this statue. While I found it, I am the discoverer. I didn't actually, like, I don't have any stake in it. I don't think it's going to help me find the baby, which I determined to find. And, I mean, if it does, if it just irritated people and made them scared, so... And maybe if the statue dies, the baby's gone. And then again, it's just a baby. You can make more. So that's why I don't really care either way about the statue. <sighs> what? Remember, domestic abuse, no laughing matter. Child child death is not such a big deal. You can make more. But... I was talking from the character's point. <laughs> kind of a bitch. I take it back. Yeah, that makes sense for Mary Henderson. <laughs> Still makes me giggle. Yeah, Samantha did not find the statue. Mary found the statue. <laughs> when you delve real deep into a character, can you? Yeah, you still can tell. All right. Uh, Joe is sort of trying to hide behind you, Mary, while all of this oh. is happening. Just FYI. Okay, uh, Winston. You've got the statue. You're on the the first down. It's like football, but with six <laughs> dots. Uh, the furnace isn't quite open anymore, but you can use William's action to try and open it back up. Hmm. Okay. If now uh, throw thirty-five. That's not much. Uh, my deal. <laughs> okay. You know, no matter what, I'm gonna make this throw. See what happens. Eight. Okay. I actually kind of wanted it to fail now, but okay. Um, <laughs> All right, you whip it. Give me a luck roll. Okay, that's out of forty-five. That's pretty low there. Uh twenty-four. That's what these right. rolls. As it's in midair, there is a war. There is a rumble as the train starts to go over a trestle, and oh. the movement swings the furnace door back open. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, and the the statue. Sort of flies into the coals. Okay, and since, uh, very loudly. since talking is a free action, as Winston's chucking it, he's gonna yell, "Looks like this statue's clay is," and then Bill's gonna finish it off and say, "Half baked." 
Doesn't even make me goddamn sense. And as you say that, there's a voice from the back of the train that could be interpreted as saying, Yeah! But it's a lot more anguished than that. Uh oh. And it's not saying, Yeah, so much as, There is a more steaming from the statue, and you hear the wind pick up outside. The train is still <laughs> at the pressle. Uh, give me a no roll, everybody. Oops. No of 90. 95, whoa. I didn't know it. I passed with the 13. I failed. <laughs> All right. Um, so I... Ephraim and Mary, do you want to make one? Yeah, I passed. Okay, Ephraim and Mary. You both figure that the trestle must be the one over Craig Canyon, which means that you guys are not far from the mountain that you guys will be going through. By through, I mean, you know, a tunnel. Uh, which is essentially immediately on the other side of the canyon. Uh, the cat, the statue... Yeah, there goes a fire truck. That's what the wind sounds like. It sounds like a pretty surface. Uh, the statue is starting to crack. The winds are increasing in strength. Some of the windows are rattling, and a couple of them come open a little bit. And the air is absolutely frigid. It sort of hurts to touch. And the screaming from the back of the train is growing louder. People are getting up and looking agitated. But give me a... Really want to stop doing so many spot hiddens. <laughs> but Pick a no. different skill. What else? Could, give listen. me a climb roll to notice things about the about the crowd. We could hear. Give me hear a. I'm being agitated. If you guys Operate don't heavy make, machinery. If you guys don't <laughs> make a spot hidden, uh, make me a psychology roll. Sure. Oh, I pass my spot hidden, uh, yeah. and I want to pat um, whichever snows for just through the t- statue into the fire and say, "Great job, kill us all." I guess that was that. <laughs> That's William. William, the one who still got the arrow in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't I just tell you not to do that? Didn't I just shoot you in the goddamn? Didn't I tell you with my arrows? <laughs> arrows are the universal language. I am so tempted to make Winston go in for a high five on the arrow hand. <laughs> so bad high five seems bad to do the snows for a thing. Don't do it. We'll do it if you want. <laughs> no, um, they're just they're gonna both raise hands to go for a high five and just awkwardly put them back down. All right, as it is still lying in the coals, the statue is about. Looks about ready to crack, and the air is so cold right now that uh, it's beginning to become quite uncomfortable. You think that if you were to stay, like if you were, if you had to leave the heater, uh, you probably would be like in danger of frostbite if you don't get some heavier clothes on quick. And um, I'm going to say that you guys have heavy clothes because. Like, it's winter, you're taking a trip. We were on the roof of the train earlier. Mm-hmm. And, uh, give me a... Give me a listen roll, Snowsfords. Hmm. 
Where is my lesson at? Oh, 45. I feel like Jack Nicholson. Uh, 26. What? The, the wailing from the back of the car has started to sound sort of like laughter, and it's sounding a lot like the laughter... I'm going to say Anthony Burstock was laughing. I know he was smiling. It seems plausible. At any rate, it's his voice. And at that point, the statue falls apart, and the train is yanked forward. Give me sanity rolls for everyone as all the lights go out. Oops. Uh, Oh, hey, I finally made one. Um, I, I really don't I know Bill's sanity is. Apparently, being in the oh. dark. Oh, wait, no. My head. Well, it wait, might have been all the... That is a fail. Thing. That is a fail. I forgot so about did everybody fail? <laughs> yeah. Okay. We are all afraid of the dark. <laughs> Give me a sec to look up just where that falls on the sanity table. I know it's not... Oops. A giant disembodied head falling from the sky, but I'm not sure how much it is. In there. What do you six? One d six. One d six. Meet someone you know to be dead. Uh, so for the Snowsfords, that's a one. That's a one d six plus one, because of Anthony first. For everybody else, it, for Ephraim and Mary, that's a one d six. For the lights and. The train being suddenly yanked forward on the tracks. Um, Let's see what I roll. Uh, three. Plus one. Oh four. my gosh. I just lost five so far today. So does that mean that you go, like, what's your max, Sam? <laughs> it's 45 and I'm at 36 now. I lost a four in the last game. Oh, <laughs> I think I, I probably do. Oh, you almost lost one from that 1d6 plus... That's impossible. No, I lost three from that one. I lost four in the last game. I just lost six so far this game. Ooh. Ooh, that's harsh. Ten... Ten sanity in one... It's not one game hour anywhere close to, so that's... Yeah. Probably Uh, three now. Yeah, does that incur any big penalties? I'm having a hard time. Five or more in a single roll, 20% in one game hour. Oh, it looks like you don't have any super special san- insanities. Okay. So, fuck you. What about you, Mary? Oh, jeez. Um, not that I have a lot of sanity left, but... Oh, yeah, you're at, like, I... 14, right? <laughs> jeez, or less now. Yeah, I lost three as well. Okay. Uh, what's Wait, what were you on before? Fourteen. Okay, and what's twenty percent of fourteen? It's like three. It's a little bit less. Yeah, less than three. Point eight. So rounds up lost, to three. If you lost three, Sam, then that means you lost twenty percent in one game hour. So I need to give you an indefinite insanity. You son of a. Don't thing. play me. Play Burstock. And blame Brown and I, didn't, I didn't even do anything. I stayed very <laughs> rational and feminist this whole game. And that's the thing about cosmic horror, Sam. It will kill you no matter what you do. 
You can't see it, listener, but I'm throwing up my hands in exasperation. If we were all around a table, I would flip it. <laughs> Consider this table oh. flipped. Oh, does that mean I have to throw my laptop across the room? <laughs> no, no. The listener can do what they will if they, you know, they want to destroy their own dining room for the... Cthulhu on Parade 3D experience. Okay, I got you. I got you an insanity that I think will. I think this is. I think this insanity will be even somewhat beneficial. Uh, you oh, now no. have a hysterical fear of the dark, which is to say, when you are in the dark and there is not much, when there's not much light, you have, find it difficult to think of anything else aside from getting more light. When it's completely dark the way it is right now, you essentially become you you have a panic attack. Yeah. Which uh you can pick do you want that to be a withdrawn panic attack, sort of a sit in the corner and hyperventilate, or would you like that to be more of a shrieking extroverted panic attack? Uh the most extreme panic attack you can think of. Bring it on. Alright. You become you become hysterical and somewhat violent, which is what yeah. you're doing now. So let's get in the mindset. Let's get in the mindset of the new and improved Mary Henderson. You are in a very dark place, and you are about to die. What would you like? All to right. Do? There are two people. I'm going... There are three people around you. They're both probably going to kill you. I'm going to claw at their faces. All right. Shrieking in English. All right. Next up is, I believe, the Snow Spurs with Dexes of 12. Uh, you didn't get around to me yet. Oh, sorry about that. I right. also, uh, like... Now that all this is happening, in addition, everybody give me a... Oh, a Dex times four. Stay on your feet. Okay, um, uh, Dex huh. times four... Is a 44, failed it by one, and also I got a six, so I need to make oh, an what? idea roll. Oh, for the sanity? Yeah. Alright. Uh, I passed my idea roll by two, so That's I go good. insane. Hey, alright. Maybe you guys can be like hate mates. <laughs> well, the Snowsfords failed okay. their decks, so I guess they fall over. And uh, I'm gonna say they fall over with their hands raised about to high-five. So, yet again, another catastrophic oh, high-five failure. No, uh, you haven't gotten one yet. You'll get one You'll get one before the game's over. They kind of just tumble into the corner. <laughs> uh, one, with one of you still having the arrow in your hand. This is true. Do we tumble so, onto Joe? Cause... I'm sure. <laughs> Joe sort of cries out as you knock him out from from behind Mary and you all wedge in the corner. Um, I didn't want to... Have I had a milkshake tub on my head this whole time? (laughs) No, I'm going to assume you took it Okay, okay. But you can roll back into it if you want. Knock your head again now. Meanwhile, temporary insanity, roll me a d10 after him. Uh, seven. Lucky number seven. Seven. Right. <sighs> Let me see what I can give you. Alright. Uh, there is a vampire 
Flying at your face. God damn it, I knew it. <laughs> I knew all along. Your whole goddamn Indian god thing. It was a ruse. When I got your number, pal. I got you. I'm gonna count on my saber. <laughs> Alright, uh... So after your turn, uh, it's Mary Ephraim's, or Mary Henderson. Mary Mary Ephraim, a happy, Ah. (laughs) taking his first name as your last name (laughs) in the new custom of the Old West. Okay. All right. uh, So the person who you think is about to kill you, well, that's been been eminently proved. He's (laughs) got... You can't really see anything, but you sort of hear... Well, give me a listen roll to see what you think you hear. Fail. I don't hear a thing. Well, you hear him coming towards you, at least. Or sort of, you know, like, moving around and struggling in your face-clawing grasp and things. Would you oh. like to Would you like to try face-claw face times two? Face-claw times two. All right. Uh, what would be a claw roll? Uh, bottle? Oh. Bottle. Small claw. <laughs> knife? Fingernail knife? Maybe. Martial arts? Or, uh, I would use kind of like a grapple. Tiger yeah, ball? Punch is called fist. So there is a claw thing for animals and whatnot, but I haven't got the book with me, sorry. Mm. Well, let's... Uh, I would say 1D6. No, because 1D6 implies that you're doing whatever. Uh, I do a 1D4... For a punch instead of 1d3 damage for punch. Okay. Well, first roll me a grapple as your claw skill. Pass. Okay. Uh, that, then roll me, I'll roll you a 1d4. Oh shit! Alright. You haven't died yet, Ephraim. You lost two health. The uh-huh. vampire got you, man. That means that I go unconscious. Yep. <laughs> it's no spirits. Very dark. You hear a lot of sh- you hear a lot of like screaming and a big thunk uh, as someone falls to the ground. You guys are in a pile in the corner. Oh, um, crap! What can I do? Uh, well, I guess the only thing I can do is Winston is going to one last time yell. I have no formal training in first aid. <laughs> and I'm just going to cower. Maybe hide? I'm going to make a hide roll. Okay. Uh, Winston's got 30. No, wait. Where's that? Yeah, 30 hide. No, 81. They are <laughs> very oh. obvious. <laughs> well, yeah, because they're... Shy. They're all trying to cower behind no each other. I formal training in first aid. <laughs> oh, that's true. Okay, uh, Mary, you have felled your opponent. Uh, you are overcome with a burning desire, uh, to find some light. Uh, give me a no roll. Fail. Fail, fail. Well, you know that there were lanterns and things, uh, in the cabin, but they sure do all seem out now. Mm hmm. So, I'm just coming. Somewhere. You can try another car. 
You can maybe try the furnace if you want, or you can search like the the sleeper compartments. You can look in your luggage. Maybe you've got a lighter. Yeah, okay, I'll look at my luggage for a candle or a lighter. Yeah, a lighter in the in the old west. Those were things that existed, right, listeners? Right? Nudge nudge, wink wink. Alright. <laughs> uh matches? Did they have Yes, they had matches. Alright. Yeah. So you find a you rummage through your luggage. Uh there must have had lighters back in the day. Right? They had oil. Maybe. Lighter fluid. Like kind of with that hard. Yeah, Do they have complex like thumb control? It's not complex. It's a flintlock with a. It's, yeah, it's like a little gear that just. Hey man, you spin it. It's easy to make a gun, all right. All right. It's very yeah, hard to make a lighter. <laughs> this is it's more or less the same thing. <laughs> no, it's incredibly complex. It's you have in your luggage the prototype lighter. It's maybe we've twenty been using... pounds. <laughs> Maybe we've been using different lighters, but mine sings to me when I use it. Also, right, uh, so um, I would yes, just like, like to say, can we wrap up after this scene? Let's yeah. go. Okay. All right. Uh, well, I forgot. Uh, snow spirits. At the two-hour mark. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was thinking we would have to end soon. Yeah, I don't know. I guess make a luck roll to see if I have any matches or anything. That's... Okay. Go for it. Nope. Don't make it. Uh, you... My other coat. No rules? No rules? Okay. That should be easier. Yeah, pass. You could create brief moments of light with your guns. Uh, I had thought of that, but I didn't want to waste the bullets. Huh. Okay, uh... So firing so randomly into the dark. Hmm. Alright, uh, Mary, you find yeah. your match, you find, you find your matches, you strike one, and you can think calmly again, because there is light. Um, alright. You see, uh, Ephraim on the ground, and you realize, oh, I don't want to make you lose more sanity. <laughs> Man. So we're going to end the session now, and then I will have an <laughs> ease of forgetfulness as to why I didn't make you lose sanity. Okay. <laughs> I just want to say that my plan is when I wake up, I'm going to be a vampire because I've passed out while being attacked by a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay, that sounds, that sounds pretty boss. I'm happy with that. <laughs> Ah, all right. So, the situation as we end is you've destroyed what seems to be sort of a totem, some kind of Indian god, and it provoked a violent reaction. The voice that you heard was not exactly pleased sounding at first, although it did sort of seem to find the humor in the situation towards the end. (laughs) Uh, And things are... Well, the train is currently hurtling forward on the trestle towards the mountain tunnel. So, until next time, which won't be next week, because we're doing masks next week. Yay! You guys will face the tunnel on the other side of Cray Canyon. (laughs) And we'll see uh, what happens to sleeper car number two.
Good times. Dun, dun, dun. Tune in next time when the Snows Fords challenge an ancient Indian god to a ground of b-ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you kill him, possibly no shake mountain. Ah, uh, yes. That's the end goal in all this. Thank you for listening, and thank you guys all for playing. See you next week. Being good sports with all of our talk about various sensitive issues of the day. Come back next week for Cthulhu on Parade in 3D. Oh, 3 double D. It's popping. What does that mean? 4D. What's that smell? 4D. What's that smell? It's an unnameable singe. And then 5D. We get... Roll for sanity. Yeah, all right, all right. 5D. Damages your mental health when you walk into the theater. Okay. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Bye. Good night. Bye. 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 Bye.